Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Anish Majumdar about the culture of networking, landing interviews, and constructing a resume and how we can tap into the hidden labor market. Anish Majumdar, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. So happy to be here, John. It is a pleasure to be with you today. I am joining everyone south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Uh, Anish, where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in Rochester, New York. My wife and I uh, and our three kids, uh, we have lived here since uh, 2008 um, when we moved up from uh, Queens. That's where that's where I met my wife when I was uh, uh, an illegal alien trying to uh, work Craigslist jobs uh, way back when. Uh, uh, but we started a life here and uh, we've been up here in upstate ever since. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Uh, good to be with you in New York and here in Utah. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the culture of networking, landing interviews, and constructing an effective resume. Hopefully, this will be uh, useful to anyone listening. But uh, in terms of your own, you know, job positioning and job search and, and such. But also, I'm hoping leaders who are listening are thinking about these same topics in relation to how you can better support your people. Um, and I, now I know, in the midst of the Great Resignation, that maybe the last thing you intuitively are wanting is to try to help your people figure out how to better network get interviews and have a stronger resume because then maybe they're more likely to leave. Uh, but as counterintuitive as it may sound, when you invest in your people in this way and you help them to put their best foot forward, that investment, uh, that showing of like genuine interest and compassion uh, to their their life and, and what is best for them, that goes a long way. And actually people are more likely to stay when leaders take that kind of an approach. And you're going to have people who are better positioned and better ready to, to take on the next role in your current organization. So I think this is definitely in everyone's best interest. As we get started, I wanted to share Anish's bio with everybody. Anish Majumdar is a career coach and expert in the hidden job market. Over the past 12 years, he has helped thousands of professionals around the world take the reins of their professional destiny and break free of the necessity of job searching permanently. His webinars, videos, and articles have appeared in Fast Company, Business Insider, Glassdoor, and Ivy Exec. He lives with his wife and three children in Rochester. So Anish, it's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my listeners before we dive on into the conversation? 
Yeah, I, I, I think you, you so hit the nail on the head in terms of, of, of actively, whether you're a business owner, whether you're someone who's in job search mode, whether you're looking to reinvent, in, in a way it doesn't really matter because the, the business of figuring out, is there a way that I can stand on my, on my own two feet? Is there a way that with pleasure I can generate the types of stuff that I wanna work in? It's exactly the same situation as, do you wanna run a company where you're that abusive husband who basically doesn't let a wife have a phone, doesn't have a credit card and all that, right? Because that's the way that I'm gonna keep her under my, my thumb and thumb, you know, my thumb screw? Or are you gonna run the type of organization that says, hey, you know what? Everyone who works here is gonna end up infinitely better off. I'm gonna make sure that you end up infinitely better off. And if you decide to make a decision to invest with us for another year, two years, three years, four years, I want you understanding what the market is so that you know not only are you not getting screwed over here you know that you're exactly where you need to be um it's a call as much for owners candidates to rise up and actually be what they say they are as opposed to going further down this road of corporate cowardice that has become kind of the norm and don't even get me started on that that's 95 percent of the (laughs) reason why we even need a career coach or why we even need to go through the nonsense of a job search anyway is corporate nonsense and cowardice yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, we can have a follow-up conversation another time on that topic. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> These are all, uh, yeah, what... the questions we're about to rock into here, it may not seem obvious right now. The The most practical manifestations of them do actually come from that. All of this. Yeah, it, yeah. John, I, I want to be clear. The only reason I'm here is because I see people out there, it doesn't matter if you're making five, six figures, seven figures I've worked with at the C-suite, I see people who are not free because they don't teach yeah. us how to actually be free. They teach you how to be a good slave and a good wage slave. They don't teach you how to stand up on your own two feet. And the problem with that is that in 2022, the axing that is going on has everything to do with whether or not you can stand on your own two feet, whether you're, it's no matter how humble it is or how small it is, versus those who continue to say, no, I need to put my faith in some other thing, a company, a recruiter, some third party. These are the people who are gonna get their heads chopped off right now. That's why I'm here, to spread the message that this isn't exactly so much uh, a question of, hey, get ahead if you want or move ahead if you want. That's not the way that I look at this. The way I look at it is you can choose to provide for your loved ones in a way that's actually going to work in the next five to 10 years, or you can choose something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, and, you know, I'm passionate about uh, corporate exploitation of all sorts of things, including the people within organizations. And that's a really important topic. And perhaps before we dive on into talking about the hidden job market, um, you know, I think it's worth noting and, and, and really recognizing what's driving a lot of the great resignation right now. Um, to your point, I mean, people are reevaluating their priorities, people who maybe in the past, they just assumed, well, this kind of sucks. I don't like working in, you know, the corporate grind. I don't like, uh, you know, soul sucking, mind numbing work. I don't, you know, I don't like feeling stuck. I don't like feeling unfulfilled. Now, not to say that all corporate work is that way, but, you know, lots of people have found themselves that way in that kind of situation. They just felt like they were, they just had to do that because that's all that there was. And then over the last couple of years, as people had more flexibility, they had more time to reflect um, and kind of reposition their framing around, their own work life and their life life, uh, their outside of work life, um, Mm. people have started to realize that they don't have to buy into that anymore and they can define uh, success for themselves. And one thing that I find really interesting is with, uh, it applies generally, but specifically for younger millennial and Gen Z workers, more and more, they're just tapping out. They're, They're just saying, I'm not buying into this whole 
kind of traditional corporate model, um, their priorities are different. They, you know, they, they're saying, I don't care about, you know, getting that big house in the suburbs. You know, I want to live in a sprinter van and travel around the country and be, be a digital nomad and work, you know, do gig work and on my own terms for the projects I want to work on. You know, so increasingly people are saying those sorts of things, or they're saying when I go to work for a company, I, I want to be, have a job that's meaningful and fulfilling, and I want opportunities for growth and development. And I'm not willing to put up with the crap that perhaps previous generations felt like they had to put up to put up with just because they were young in their careers. And so, you know, Uh, part of the reason you see, I think there's a, I think there's a flaw in that thinking though, which is that uh, in typical younger generation fashion, um, you're looking at what's there. You're saying all of this is wrong and you're, you're crossing it all out. Well, with all due respect, most of the workforce can't do what you've just described. They cannot be a digital nomad. They cannot spend the rest of their lives in a van. What I've noticed and, and, and what every quote unquote millennial, everyone, I don't care if you're 50 years old right now, you need to listen. A big part of the reason, instead of saying, hey, you know what? I want fulfilling work. I don't want to be micromanaged. The irony is many of the roles that people right now are struggling with that are set up in this non-conducive way had they gotten that role in a different way, had they gotten it through building different types of relationships at a different level within that company, had they got it through identifying pain instead of going through five, six, seven layers of, of interviews with risk, they actually would have gotten an outcome that's far more conducive to what they want. And the, that's the whole point of all of this is, is don't look at the hiring process and equate that with what you can do in your professional life or, or, or what that means for your work. The hiring process may be broken, so figure out a new way to get what you want. But understand that employers don't know. And if, if I'm talking with you, John, let's just as an example, let's say you can move our company forward better than anyone else can. Fine. There's a difference between whether you're able to talk directly to me, whether we're able to have a conversation as equals, whether you're able to find out what's happening and take it from there versus, check this out, uh, if you're looking at a job posting, I've tried to solve this for the better part of 12 months. I have rejected tons of candidates. At every stage, I'm getting more wary, more cynical. So by the time you look at, look at that job posting and you put your resume in, same person, same qualifications, same ability to do everything that you can do. But guess what? You're meeting me at a time when the opportunity is lame. You're meeting me at a time when the opportunity is, is deader. And you now have to go through all of these hoops because I've said to myself, oh, something must be wrong with all of these candidates, right? So anyone to even come in the door has got has to has gotta move it through. That's what I'm saying. The hiring process is 95% of the reason why people get jaded and cynical, why they can't negotiate the way that they want to. The, 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 the answer is not to walk away from the game. That's, that's, that's lame sauce. That's, to, to me, that's glorified cowardice. Yeah, I'm going to hang out in a van for the rest of my life. Nice. Tell, tell me that when that happens when you're 43 years old, by the way. And you've, you've accomplished zilch in your life, aside from being a digital nomad, right? That's, that's, that's what, we're, that's what we're, we're, we're talking about here. Don't make me laugh. The, and by the way, the great resignation... This is the best time that anyone like you, me, anyone out there has had since 2008, 2009 to radically reinvent what they're up to. Don't buy into this branding that this this lame loser coward branding that, hey, we're all just there. We're shucking along. We got to find something. Who Who's who's putting this idea into our heads? The, the time to reinvent who you are is when people feel insecure, when businesses don't know what they're doing. When half of their event management business has been ripped to shreds because of a pandemic, this is the time. 
to be thinking about doing this in a different way. This is the time to be talking specifically at the high level and moving it forward. But I would say, instead of writing out everything that you got your college degree for and saying, oh, that's the smart thing to do, figure out a way to make it work. Like every single generation before you has, by the way. Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, I, I take exception with some of the ways you characterize some of that, but the general go ahead. Premise... Well, 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 let's hear it because yeah. I don't want to just 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 go no, through no, no, no. a That's bunch good. of static questions. Because look, I want to actually help people, and I see a lot of career advice out there that sounds really good, sounds even good for the host, John, but it's not really helping anybody. Yeah. One thing I really want to key in on, though, that you were saying that I 100% agree with, and that is let's get out of this false dichotomy mentality of you're either in like this, quote unquote, corporate grind um, and it, life sucks or you go to the other extreme and you're, you know, living in a van in a digital nomad. Right. Those are two extremes. Uh, most people are somewhere in the middle and it's a false dichotomy. Like you can you can um, be embedded within a corporate world and do really meaningful, fulfilling work and do really great stuff and accomplish many great things. Uh, I do take exception. I do think you can actually have a very successful life and be very happy and fulfilled um, doing the digital nomad thing too. I think it depends you, you on how can, you frame if you it. Have, if you have a point of view, if you have an alternative, but when you say, hey, you know what? I don't want anything. First of all, there is no corporate world, by the way. There's just It's just people, okay? It's human beings. Moms, dads like you, we're just trying to do the best that we can. I'm not talking for the corporate world, but that's really what it is. There is no third party that's out to get you in, 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 in that sense. I have, what I take exception to is to say, hey, you know what? I don't want any of this. Okay, so give me a vision. Tell me what, tell me what you want to build. Tell me what you want to create. Tell me what plan there is for the life that you want to create for you and your loved ones. But don't say nothing. And then just cop out with that. Yeah, and, and that's that's, that's where that I, I disagree. Is I don't I don't think most millennial and Gen Zs are saying nothing. I think they're reprioritizing and saying what previous generations said were most important to them aren't necessarily most important to me. And these are the things that are most important to me. And so they're trying to live that life. Do you Whether think we that, agree with those, our parents. You think our parents didn't want family time? You think they didn't want paid uh, 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 parental leave? You think they didn't want health care? You think they didn't want a better quality of life? You think any of our parents wanted to work? 50, 60, 70 hours a week. They felt it because it was, the, it was the best that they could do right now. It was the best that they could do to support their kids, their children who are, who are moving through. And now we're going to look back on that and say, you know what? You, were, you just didn't know what was going on. They knew. They fought so that these kids could actually have the ability to do that. And I'm not so far re removed from that, but I can see the hypocrisy there a little bit. I, hopefully you can too. Yeah. I, again, I, I think... I think you're characterizing it in a way that certainly would apply to some, but not to all uh, okay. who 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 find themselves in that kind of situation. I think I I'm a professor. I interact with um, millennial and Gen Z students and those entering the workforce all the time. Um, and that's the way you're characterizing is not what I see um, day to day with most of those of that generation. Um, they do have different priorities and they do maybe define success in a way that's different, but they're not judging previous generations and they're not saying you know, the way they did it was wrong and I'm going to do it right. But they're just saying my priorities are different. I'm going to choose a different path. And, and so that's something I'm, I'm completely comfortable with. I, I want them to live a meaningful, fulfilling life in a way that's sustainable. Uh, and hopefully they have the skills necessary to go out there and make a difference. And so, you know, regardless though, I, this isn't the main topic of what we're going to be discussing today. Mm. I do want to talk uh, for the rest of our time about this hidden job market. And because 
there is a hidden job market and there's a lot we can do to tap into, you know, in crafting our own career, regardless of whether, you know, we're talking about either end of the spectrum, that, that economy or somewhere in between we, we craft, uh, we have the opportunity to craft what we want. Um, so tell us a little bit about more what you mean by the hidden job market and maybe how professionals of all ages can really prepare for that, tap into that more. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, you know, get behind the the buzzwords, um, what is the hidden job market? Um, it's been around a heck of a lot longer than what we call the traditional job market. It basically is just a convenient way to refer to every possible role, full-time, part-time, consulting, everything in between uh, that gets identified and filled before an employer or a company has to go through the labor of uh, going out there to the job boards and, and, and advertising it. Uh, the idea, uh, the message that I'm, I'm, I'm putting out there is, you know, for the people that we work with directly, we focus on, um, adapting what needs to be adapted. So they make the hidden job market, which is this, which by the way, is, is accounting for 90% of all executive roles, 80% of all roles total by, by the latest estimates. So we focus on making that their go-to. I would say anyone would be incredibly well served rather than saying, hey, you know, how can I be a better job applicant? How can I diversify my strategy to bring some of this in? In other words, in the steps that I can take today, in the steps in terms of whatever it is my next goal is and where I want to take this journey, how can I basically, instead of saying, look, I got a list of dream companies, dream third parties that I want to pursue, what are the right individuals that I can pursue? What are the, what are, if I, if I, um, if I'm a marketer, what I get paid for is not marketing. What I get paid for is really growing the company through a process. So who are the people who are most feeling the pain of that? It's not just your boss. It's not just if I'm a marketing director, I shouldn't be talking with CMOs. What I should be talking with are people who are feeling the negative impact of that growth. So that could be the CEO, COO, chief people officer, chief growth officer, everyone in that strata. Now the challenge becomes how can I build those relationships and how can I talk to them not in a way that pitches, right, and, and slides the resume over. How can I talk to them in a way that starts adding some value here without this transactional, oh, the only reason John wants to talk to me is because he wants to hit me up for a job. By the way, I've just described the reason most networking efforts fail. No one cares enough to actually say, hey, you know what? Is there a way that I can give you value in 20 to 30 minutes as an equal, right? So that we have a basis to stand on. Most people are like, hey, the only reason I'm even going to talk to you is because, you know, you might help me with a job, but that's not the way that it works, right? So people try to network without understanding what you're trying to do and, and what you're what you're what you're going into but what i found certainly and this is very personal for me because john i don't have a ba i'm, I'm a theater school dropout i mean I, then i started a theater career and i built it all on uh, you know from experience the old school way then i became a journalist and i built a career for over 10 years that way then then i went into career coaching because i saw a need uh, um for it but i can tell you if i had spent the rest of my life saying hey you know what i'm just going to try to curry favor with these low-level recruiters and these gatekeepers they're never going to see you the way that they're going to get intimidated by everything unique that you do what you need to be talking with are people at the higher level because they actually are risk takers they actually have leveraged that now you may not and get can there. I just can I just add sure. they're 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 the ones that often can recognize that hidden talent right and so recruiters that your kind of situation that's too much of a risk for most recruiters as they're trying to fill positions so they're looking for people to check boxes right yeah. that 
increasingly it's it's hard to check those boxes and that gets back to your point that you made early on is that it's just ridiculous how many boxes you have to check to even get noticed to even get a foot in the door for that interview or for whatever where you get into senior executive levels you're talking with with these other people who are strategic thinkers who are trying to just do the best for their organization and they recognize just having an, an exhaustive list of che- boxes to check doesn't necessarily mean anything. Having five years of crappy experience doesn't mean you're more qualified than the person with no years of experience, but might have, you know, some experience that's adjacent and is valuable, right? And so yes, all but of both, the- but both, but both sides don't really, as a default, both sides don't really know how to get to that truth, which is a big sure, problem. Yeah. You're asking, if you're an employer, you're asking questions based on my resume while not sharing the truth. And here's a, sorry to say it, most job postings are absolute BS. I know I've been on the other side of that. Okay, think about it. If I'm trying to hire, I'm going to share the sensitive details of why my company is not working with what? Monster and Indeed? Of course not, right? So I'm going to copy and paste into the job posting. You're going to come in based on that job posting, echoing your resume. Don't do that. Echoing your LinkedIn based on the job posting. Don't do that. And you're going in and you're playing those games. You're answering the right questions. But listen, Every single person out there, no matter who you're talking to, whether it's that level or here, your goal as a candidate is exactly the same. You have to get to the truth. It's probably easier for you to get to the truth at the high level, but one way or the other, no matter how fear-based it is, your job in interview number one has nothing to do with answering their gotcha questions. It has everything to do with getting to why are they hiring? What is the bleeding pain that is making their neck bleed out like this that is driving the hire? And if you haven't gotten there, you have zero leverage to move this thing forward. That's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a contact sport. It's not Victorian England. We're not waving our, our, our things politely asking. It's a contact sport. Like, like we, we, to trust you, I need to know that you're going you're gonna to have my back when we're running into zones that I don't know what to do, right? And the way that you're going to do that is you, you're going to call me on my BS, obviously. When you're, when you're picking up details and that doesn't make sense, I need your instinct, your intuition to say, hey, what's going on there? Let's go deeper into this. This doesn't make sense. I was talking to a competitive company two weeks ago. And they were, they were experiencing something very similar. Can you tell me what, are you, what plans do you guys have to avoid that fate? It's through the questions and how you direct that interview that is going to demonstrate your authority far better than any lame thing that you put in your resume. And I say that having already become one of the best resume writers in this industry. I've been doing that for over 12 years. So trust me when I tell you that is secondary. That is secondary to to this and understanding what am I trying to actually achieve here? What's the goal here? You know, and what's going to allow me to say, this is a win. A win is not you saying nice things, walking out and going in for for a follow-up. A win is like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. These guys are bleeding out here. They're bleeding out here. They have nothing. They have no plan on what to do. So when I follow up, I'm going to follow up on those two things. I'm going to go deeper on those two things. And we're going to press for that offer around those two, right? No one's thinking like that, you know, but that, that will open up. Even if you're fresh out of college, it's going to open up the horizons of what you can do like nobody's business, you know, because it starts sending a signal that says, ah, you know how to play the game, right? Call it hidden job market or call it not. You can call it the silver spoons that none of us were really privy to, but that the wealthier families and the more privileged families have known about this, you know, forever. We now have a democ- you know, a, a, a way here where we can actually play this and move it forward for the willing, for those who are, for those who are willing, and also for those who are willing to not write off so many of those executives out there as just another, hey man, just another uh, 
overgrown boomer who doesn't know what's going on, right? Well, that's not what I've experienced. You know, I, I, I've never written off any of these people. And, and I've always said, look, I've got things to learn from absolutely everyone. And I can help absolutely everyone if I get the time to, to dive in. I don't, it doesn't matter to me how old someone is, you know, but I know that everyone can be helped. And you, you've highlighted some really, really important points, you know, just mimicking job postings and on, you know, your resume or your LinkedIn profile. Um, what do you do when you have non-industry related information on your resume? Should you include that when you're applying for a job? Like mm-hmm. th- th- this is kind of an old way of approaching uh, the, the, the process of, of your career. And what I hear you saying is, that we, we need to get beyond that. We need to look at the pain points and focus on those and, and frame our experiences around those pain points for organizations and what solutions we can have to offer for them rather than uh, playing the game of, of checking boxes. Uh, because if we're playing that game, it usually isn't going to work out for us. The John Westover process, for, 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 for lack of a, of a better word, your brand, whatever your goal is right now, your front-facing brand on LinkedIn resume in your in your face-to-face strategy should be a manifestation of the highest level of that process. In other words, because that, that's the thing that's one out of eight billion. Anything having to do with your skill set, and that's a big problem I see out there, is I see people of all levels continuously skills trading, right? I'm mm-hmm. a tech leader because I got this bull. The thing is, here's the thing. An IT manager could have a four-page resume listing all their skills. A CTO at a Fortune 500 company or a Fortune 100 company could have a one-page resume with nothing listed tech whatsoever. And the reason is we expect that person to be a strategic partner to the business. We know right. you have technical skills. I'm not interested in that. I want to know how you're going to help me, pal, move, move this forward. That's what this whole thing is about. So I would say to everyone listening, ask yourself, this is not an experience thing or an industry thing. What is your process? What is your way of getting a change, of moving a company forward that you can have short-term gains, but maybe in a year, two, three years, what would happen if you had unrestricted ability to do it your way as only you could do it? If you brand yourself in that way, you can, in some sense, have your cake and eat it too, because you'll be able to get that traction that you need. Another good thing to do, by the way, is to benchmark not job postings, because we were talking about how inaccurate job postings are. Benchmark competitors who are two to three levels up for mm. you. Anyone can do it on LinkedIn. Just find those people. Find the most visible people who are already, they make you feel nervous. Man, they made way better decisions than you did in your career. Okay? <laughs> These are the people that you need to study their keywords, their their positioning, the groups that they're following, the companies that they're following, the moves that they're making, the ways that they're engaging. Okay? So you mesh that with your process, with John Westover's process. Now you've got someone who has some competitive depth, who's who's drifting in a, in a laneway that makes sense, but is distinguished enough, confident enough, and has enough of a sense of what he or she can do to make it interesting, to, to, to make it clear that after interview one, um, because that's another problem, when you mimic things like that, you can get in the door for the first interview. But after interview one, it's and it's not about fit anymore. It is all about, like, what have we identified? What's a pain? What's a commitment? So if all you are is, is an echo of a, of a BS job posting anyway, you have nowhere to take this thing. You know, it all comes down to leverage, and a process is one of the is free. It takes some mental capability, perhaps some coaching if you need help in that. But what is amazing about it, it is one of the most powerful things to instantly catapult someone's 
uh, professional strength to a new level. Elevator pitch, you can tell in five seconds whether someone is operating at one level or not because one guy will just start talking about skills and experience. Another guy will say, hey, here's what I've discovered. Here's a big problem. HR, 99% of it is being done by corporate frauds and shills. Here's one way that we can support our people, the right way. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what my passion is. Tell me what you guys are doing. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking with a business leader. They're trying to figure out What's the, what's the right thing I can tell John here? What's the, boy, I hope we're doing this the right way. This is how you move to a, to a quick offer. You know, this is how you, you move into a zone where it doesn't matter how much money you have. You could be totally unemployed. It doesn't matter. It's the understanding of what you do, the validity of what you do and the work you've done beforehand that will help you in these moments. And, um, uh, Anyone can do it. Anyone can. Anyone can start thinking in terms of in terms of a process. You know, in terms of a way that uh, yeah. that uh, that I can make this change happen that no one else can. Yeah, I love it. This has just been a super fun conversation. Uh, I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, thanks, John. I, I uh, uh, helloanish.com would be uh, where you you would want to go if you want to go deeper into my career trainings and uh, go down this rabbit hole of uh, what's working, what's not. Um, there's also a, a special link called uh, Tap the Hidden Job uh, Period Market uh, forward slash ASAP for for those people who want to learn right now. Hey. Just teach me the, the full strategy so I can start implementing it immediately. We're offering free access to that. You can check that out. And I guess LinkedIn would be the uh, the uh, the other place. Not that many brown guys with the word Anish uh, spreading career career news would always appreciate a follow. Um, you know, I think we've covered some really um, um, some great stuff here. I, I, I think the 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 one thing to close on. Um, a client of mine told me that all of this it, it's ultimately the last scarecrow. In other words you know, no matter what you build in your professional life, the, the demons of insecurity of, of, of not having enough, et cetera, they're always going to be there. And usually the last place that that comes out is in these moments when you don't have any gatekeepers making an introduction. You don't have, it's just you, what you believe in, what you want to do and there. And what he said, and, and what I want to say to all of your listeners is it is in fact a scarecrow, you know, like that, that if you walk past the scary thing of strangers and my God, I, I don't have to pitch, I don't have to present, what do I do? Once you walk through that, on the other side of that, what we discover is there's this world that is filled filled to the brim with people who are doing amazing stuff, people who desperately need help, people who are willing, happy, and able to work and partner with you. You're never going to run out, but what's required is is enough courage, enough work on it to walk past those steps. Because usually what happens is 99% of people, they get so feared by that last thing that you never step far enough away to realize that Steve Jobs did. Oh, wow. No one's smarter than you are, right? No one knows more. The whole world was created by people as smart, more or less, as you are. So you might as well, you know, do it all, right? You may as well just take every single risk out there, but realize opportunities are plentiful. Don't buy into this job market. This is the most we're, it's never, you're never going to have a faster opportunity to create a, a life that even kings didn't dream about here. So at the end of the day, let's, let's not let any of this talk get it twisted here, right? We're in an amazing situation where you're a couple of calls, a couple of meetings away from six, seven figures plus doing the things that you want to do with people you want to do. So just know that that is a given. It's only about how, right?
Yeah, love it. Anish, it's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Anish can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.